Hey, everybody. Welcome in another edition of The Wrap with Maz and Friends here on NRM Streamcast. We are live from the Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. Clarence Black away on military duty today. He's in Chicago. So in his stead is the Sandman, uh, Brendan Sennett. What up, big? What up? Big shoes to fill with uh, with C. Black being gone. A lot of but shoes I'll, there. Uh, I'll be robbing the boy Wonder to your Batman. All right, I, brother. I, I, let's roll. We like it. We got a lot of stuff. I'm telling you, this is February, and usually you don't get a lot of stuff. But there's a ton of stuff out there. Tony Paul from the Detroit News will join us in just a couple of minutes. Lots more happening on the Michigan State front. Mark D'Antonio might be in a little bit more trouble than he has led on to be. Might be a lot more trouble. We'll know more about that coming up. Of course, the whole Curtis Blackwell story and this recruit, Dalen Hayes, that they were after in 2015 who wound up going to Notre Dame. Plenty more coming up on that. There's a lot going on there. How about the – I'm just going to throw it out. We never talk about them. The Red Wings are the worst team in the NHL, all right? I hate to say it like that, but that's what they are. They've got 15 wins. Four of them have come against the Montreal Canadiens. They sweep the season series for the very first time. They scored three in the third. Uh, Athanasio with the winner with fifth, five minutes to go. They win it four to three. It's the first ever sweep of the Canadians. So four straight wins against Montreal and uh, out of 15. I know we don't talk a lot of hockey here because there's not a lot of excitement uh, to go around here, but that's pretty damn good, man. Sweeping Montreal, team. and they have two wins against the NHL leading my Bruins, too. That's right, and you and were they, at those games. And they played them tough. One of them, at least. They played them tough this weekend on Saturday, too. That was a close game until the third period. That's that's just that's why hockey. The Blues showed it last year. Yeah. If you find the right formula, that is the one sport where you can turn it around in the in a snap instantly. That's great. I mean, and so if if they get that number one pick, I know there's a couple of stud kids out there. Yeah. I trust in Iserman. I trust. Yeah, we got to. You know, I think they should get rid of Blashill. But, well, the guy the guy has you know, coached a bunch of you know right, not not a, right. the top end. And Mantha talent. was out a long time, yeah. so you know, and they just got him back. Bernier's proven to be a solid goalie. They're going to get I their mean, goalie when it comes time. When they're ready to win, they will have their goalie. They will get their – the Cujo will sign. A free agent will right. sign. But, uh, Dominic Hasek, obviously. But any time that you sweep Les Habitants, yep. it's impressive. Nice job by the Wings. How about the Pistons? They are on the break right now, but they let Reggie Jackson walk. They uh, bought his contract out. More than likely, he's going to sign with the Clippers. That's I think it's a great thing for the Clippers – I'm not so great about the – I know the Pistons are retooling and all of that, but he was uh, – you know, I thought he was a pretty darn good player. I remember when we traded for him, we thought we really got a great player. A lot of people really liked this guy. A lot. He did a lot of stuff that people didn't know about as a, as a, like a citizen type guy. In the community. In the community. Now, as far as talking about the fans, a couple of weeks ago when, you know, the Raptors were in town and the whole place was taken over by Toronto fans, and he's like, hey – this, I guess we got to get used to this kind of crap here in Detroit, you know. And you don't say those kind of things to the fans. So it was time for him to go, just like it was time for Andre Drummond to go. Have you heard the latest on Andre Drummond? Hit me. You ready for this? Yeah. He's been in Cleveland for two weeks. He said, and now we all know, John Beeline was going to leave Cleveland eventually. Well, he's done. Today he is addressing his team, and he's calling it a career in the NBA. He is done with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Andre Drummond made it clear to Cleveland management and to the players, he's only been there two weeks. He says a beeline was coming back, that he was walking at the end of this one year, so it would have been a waste for them to even trade for him. And this 
situation in Cleveland was worse than the situation I was in in Detroit. That's what Andre Drummond said, or let it be known. I mean, so to think a, I, I I defended that guy, and that's what he does. To Toxic, a, clearly, that's, clearly the guy's that's got some horse issues. crap. Right, right. You know, I mean, unless Beeline went up to him when he got here and said, "Hey, I didn't want you," or that, and B, you think Beeline would ever say something like that? No, it doesn't seem like that type of guy. I mean, he was so beloved at Michigan yeah. throughout his college career. I mean, we've seen this movie before, though, with with coaches that make the transition from college to the yeah. NBA. It usually doesn't work, you know, especially at Beeline's age. But to his credit, he was he was chasing that pay, one last paycheck. I mean, yeah. he wanted that NBA money for his family. It even lasts a year, not even not hardly even a, a half a year. half a season. That is second worst record in the NBA. Now is he still going to get his money? As I don't he's know. Resigning? I'm sure he's going to get part of it because let's face it. I'm sure he had a relationship with with uh, the owner. Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Clippers right now, if, if they sign Reggie Jackson, Clippers are third in the West, 37 and 18. Pistons, meanwhile, 12th in the East at 19 and 38. They're on a four-game losing streak. Derrick Rose will probably start now uh, for Jackson. So they are in full tank mode. I don't even know if anyone will even know very many players left on this team. I did enjoy watching them this year. I've been to quite a number of Piston games. I thought they play hard. Dwayne exactly. Casey's a good coach. And we'll see how the rest of the season uh, comes out. But now their salary cap is wide open, and they can move on. C. Black said it a million times. He's the NBA guru. It, nothing's going to change until Goris sells the team. Oh, God. I think it's just— Isn't that something? It, it's it's becoming Dolan-esque, Wilpon-esque. Name, name the bad owner. He's now in that fraternity of crappy— Sports team owners, but you know the what? guy who just is is rich and it's a toy. He doesn't care. But he went out and he got uh, Blake Griffin, right? And, and, and that's a superstar guy that they brought here. They thought would put people in the seats. Unfortunately, Griffin has not been healthy. Yeah, that's, not been healthy. But he's and he's had he's been injury prone throughout his career, so you ran that risk. But you know, it might be time. It might be time to move on and get what you can for him. You know, to a contender. Who knows what's going to happen? NBA season uh, starts tomorrow on Thursday. That will be the second half of the season. We're going to have Tony Paul here in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk Michigan State and baseball is in the news, but we always got time for football. And we're going to get this later after Tony is is uh, is done with us. But Drew Brees returning to New Orleans. So now they got the Drew Brees. What do you do with Taysom Hill? What do you do with Teddy Bridgewater? Here we go with the Saints. And uh, what, what's Sean going to do out there in New Orleans? I mean, Breeze is obviously the guy. I think he let Bridgewater walk. Keep Hill as the backup. I mean, Breeze, I mean, I know he had the the injury this year with the thumb. Freak injury where he hit a helmet, completing a pass. So, you know, playing indoors, the guy stays healthy. The guy's going to put up numbers. You know, like I said, his he, he's kind of in that now Peyton Manning era of where, you know, he has less arm than he did. But with those weapons... Great Play, running attack. Great running attack. And a smart you know, coach. Great and, staff. And right. Great offensive mind. They'll be fine. They'll be they'll be they have perennial one more contenders. Run, I think, I yeah. think they got one more you know, run. And, and, like, and as that. you've said, you know, two two years in a row they've basically gotten boned by Nas- by the refs yeah. on national TV. So that it's a good situation for him. And and we've said it and we're gonna talk about it. This this NFL offseason is like that that, it's gonna that be like GIF none with, the, with the guy throwing the popcorn. It's yep. it's just it's none other great this theater of phenomenal. what's gonna happen. And, and I can't wait. They say it's all gonna start at the combine in a couple of weeks. That that that's yeah. gonna start 
leading the breadcrumbs to fans of who's going to go where. Did you hear who was going to show up at the at the combine and plead oh. his case? A.B., baby. Antonio Brown wants back in the NFL. He was going to plead his case now. I'll just ask you flat out. Is he going to play this year in the NFL? I think so because, in I my opinion, too. we've said this, you know, like I said, we could do an entire hour on, on how crappy the commissioners are in sports. Yeah. I've never thought I'd live in a world where Gary Bettman is probably the best commissioner in sports right now, but he might actually be. Him or Adam Silver. No, Silver. Okay, fine. All right. But, you know, it, the Goodell's got to come down with a ruling on this guy. You've gotten all the evidence. Give him a set of – I don't care if it's 14 games. Yeah. He's got to come down with something. The guy, ha- as nuts as he is, as screwed up as he is, as big a lowlife as he is, the guy has a right to make a living in the league. He does. Okay, he's not been convicted in a court of law. He, you know, it's it's all public opinion, it's all hearsay, lawsuits. Send out he, he should know when he leaves that combine how many games he's going to be out so that he can market himself to teams and and God knows where he'll end up. He's still looking for that I think 40 million dollars from somebody, the Patriots, the Raiders, somebody owes him money according to himself. Exactly, and what's now, it crazy depends is, on what that contract reads when he signed it. Yeah, what's what's nuts is um, our guy uh, Tommy Curran that we had on last week, yeah, the Pats insider. He reported on his podcast, which I listened to obviously religiously, that that Tom Brady still stays in contact with AB. So really, he still has a bug up his ass that that the Pats let him go, and. Kearns even said that that Belichick was pissed that Kraft let him go. Well, I think that I think and I know that they would have won the Super Bowl with him, or at least played Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Who knows? I won't get carried away. I know you're a Pats hater, but well, the Titans it, still would have beat him. You no, know, you're you're with Brown. They would have got blown out in that game. You're insane. Okay. Um, but yeah, I Keep mean, dreaming. who knows where he's going to go? Anything could happen, and you know, I I mean. You know, again, the thing that bothers me as a Patriot fan is Kraft is a hypocrite. I mean, Brady could go to Kraft and say, "I'll sign for ten million if you let Brown come back, Mister Tug and Rub." Yeah. You know what I mean? Wouldn't shock me. But would and, you? How? I can't. And it also wouldn't shock me if if Gruden booted Mayock out and tried no, to get no, no. tried to get Brady and Brown to come to Vegas. I no. mean, that would be the perfect story. The only oh the Raiders God. could pull that off. Well, they they've got it all going for them right now. I mean, it's it's. It's the uh, sky's the limit for the Raiders. The Raiders. In Vegas. Hey, but with the big story of the day, Michigan State and Mark D'Antonio might be in a little bit more trouble than he's led on to. And uh, we got some baseball talk, too. And for that, we go to our good friend Tony Paul from the Detroit News. Tony, thanks for joining us. Tom Mazaway, Brendan Sennett in the house. What's up, T? Hey, guys. Um, you know, I'm not hearing you very well, just an FYI. Hey, we'll uh, hang. We're gonna hang up and call you back then. All right, let's try that again, Angel. Let's put Tony back on hold. Let's call him back and bring him back on. I was hardly hearing him too in my headphones, but uh, for we went back on the NFL here for a quick second. Darius Slay's name is out there now that the Lions are looking to actively trade him. We've heard that during the regular season, and this regime of the Lions right now uh, of Bob Quinn and uh, Matt Patricia, they haven't done. They haven't done anything. They haven't done anything good since they've come so far. All they've taken was a 9-7 and team with some talent on it. Yeah, a team that didn't go very far, but now they're trading all these pieces away. Golden Tate, then they trade uh, – uh, who's the, who'd they trade? Not Glover Quinn, the cornerback uh, to Seattle. And then now uh, Darius Slay's name is being bantered about. Darius Slay is one of the better corners 
in the league. And to, now they're actively looking to give him away. They can franchise him. They can do whatever they want to him, but they're looking to deal him. And all this all this place has done is is give talent away. And I just don't get it. I can see I do get it. It's it's unfortunately it's the Lions. Yeah, it's the Lions and and it's obviously Quinn and Patricia taking advantage of Martha Ford in a way and and molding that team with the guys that they want. Yeah. That's all it is. But but you know, when you haven't won ever how much patience can you have as an owner and a fan base for these guys? I, I mean, enough is enough. And I mean, I mean, and if you're gonna if you're gonna blow, you can't pick and choose. Okay, you can't decide you're gonna gonna trade Slay, but then not trade Galladay, or think about moving Stafford. If you're gonna if you're gonna go full rebuild, yeah. I think there's knowledgeable enough football fans in this town that would say, fine, go full rebuild and go into tank mode tell us like that. the Dalt, right? Don't don't you don't put a silk hat on a pig. Exactly. You know? We got more on the NFL coming up, but right now Tony Paul back with us from the Detroit News. Tony, can you hear us now? Uh very very softly. Uh oh. yell like you're talking to your nine year old grandfather. I will. Sorry, Tony. Hopefully uh people <laughs> can hear you. Uh sorry about that. We do have some phone issues here earlier in the week, but we're talking about Mark D'Antonio and uh the situation over at Michigan State. Obviously we all know that they parted ways years ago with uh, the recruiting coordinator, Curtis Blackwell. He has since said, and his team has said that, his team of lawyers, that Mark D'Antonio and him traveled over and uh, was at Dalen Hayes' house trying to get this five-star recruit to come over to MSU. And D'Antonio said, no way, no way. And here it is. There's a picture of these guys together. Fill us in, right. man. <laughs> well, it's just the latest of, uh, you know, a bad look, really, for MSU that's come out of this court case, which has gone on since November of 2018. And, um, you know, you just have to keep asking yourself the question of why Michigan State has let it got, got to this point. I mean, why this case wasn't settled. I mean, it's become kind of a PR disaster for them in a lot of ways. Um, but, yeah, this is the latest. Uh, you know, Mark D'Antonio was asked in deposition in January whether Curtis Blackwell ever – was did any in-home visits, which he was not authorized to do. He's not an on-field coach, uh, so he wasn't authorized to do in-home visits. D'Antonio said no. The lawyers asked D'Antonio if he did. Would that have been an NCAA violation? D'Antonio said yes. And then uh, a few weeks later, come out these pictures, um, courtesy of the recruit's mother. Yeah. And clear as day, there's Curtis Blackwell standing with uh, Mark D'Antonio, Mike Tressel, and Harlan Barnett, and the recruit. Uh, by the way, there was also a picture of the breakfast the mother made. Yeah, in the that's a hell of a breakfast. You were curious about that. That was a hell of a breakfast. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, look, is this the biggest NCAA violation in the world? No, it's not. And neither is the other allegation that D'Antonio may have helped secure jobs for parents of high-profile recruits. We're not saying that these are big, you know, huge, you know, tip-of-the-mountain um, violations. That said... Um, you know, the NCAA is going to investigate, and the NCAA tends to lump all violations together. And if they go in and they find anything else, you know, this could just get bigger and bigger. And plus the fact that Michigan State did not self-report this. It came out before they were able to self-report this. That also could make it a bigger deal in the eyes of the NCAA. When you, when you are willingly coming forward to give information, you, you tend to be in line for maybe a lighter sentence than if, Somebody else makes the allegation, and then you're playing catch-up. So it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. But the purpose of the uh, the filing from the Blackwell side, uh, you know, this is a wrongful termination suit, and what I hear from a lot of people is, you know, what does this have to do with anything? 
Um, the NCAA violations don't speak, of course, to the wrongful termination allegations by Blackwell. What they do speak to, from Blackwell's point of view, is the credibility of D'Antonio. He said that Blackwell was never in an in-house visit, and this picture clearly shows otherwise. And there's also sworn affidavit from the recruit's mother that they were all there together in the home um, recruiting the, recruiting her son. Tony Paul from the Detroit News joins us live here on The Wrap. Tom Azaway, Brendan Senate in the house. Tony, thanks for coming on. So my first question is, I mean, do you think that there's kind of a little bit of a double standard going on here? I mean, I don't really have a dog in a fight. I went to Oakland. So, you know, do you feel like, I mean, look, if D'Antonio lied, he lied. That's wrong. Obviously, they broke NCAA rules. Or obviously, they're going to have to pay the piper for that. But isn't this kind of a little bit of a double standard? I mean, there have certainly been, and I think you just said it, worse things done in terms of recruiting and, and, and players that have played for, you know, high-profile Division One football programs. Do you feel like State's kind of getting a double standard here and, and, and kind of getting treated a little unfairly in the media? <laughs> well, it's not, my, it's not my place to say that. I mean, I'm a reporter who's covering the news and covering a court case and trying to get both sides, you know, in every story. So it's really not my place to say that. I can say that, uh, look, this is all public record. These are allegations that are made. They're serious allegations. NCAA violations are serious. Uh, and so we're reporting what both sides are saying. Um, as far as the double standard and other schools doing this, you're right. Other schools do do this. But you also have to understand, other schools have gotten in trouble for this. Um, there are many, there are cases, documented cases, that schools have gotten in trouble for this. So it's not like no one's ever been punished for this. And again, uh, you know, I was looking up and talking to NCAA experts about what kind of punishment they could be facing. Mm-hmm. We're not talking bull bans. We're not talking loss of scholarships. We're talking potential probationary period, potential fines, maybe a small suspension for anybody who was on staff and knew about this at the time. And, of course, you see in the photo is Mike Tressel, who, were, who is now still on staff, right. and Harlan Barnett, who is rumored and very likely going to be joining Mel Tucker's staff at MSU. Maybe there's some repercussions for them. But you're not looking at any death penalty thing here. It's not a huge deal. But there's still NCAA violations, and there's other schools that have been punished for this. I know you can look down in the SEC and you can say they get away with everything, and that's fine. This is a matter of public record now, and there's right. evidence that states that MSU committed NCAA violations, and if there's evidence that says that, there's going to be repercussions. More than likely, this will just help out Curtis Blackwell's case to try to make some money out of MSU and kind of clear his name. But where does it kind of leave Mark D'Antonio, the way he left this team? And uh, does it tarnish his reputation a little? I mean, I know what the guy did here. He, he was uh, phenomenal for MSU. Well, um, I think this case in its totality has probably tarnished Mark D'Antonio's um, reputation to some extent. Right. Um, look, there are many, many, many MSU fans who will always be Mark D'Antonio fans, and I understand that. Um, look, this guy came came on board and turned around a program and got it to levels that we could have never imagined. Um, you know, a Rose Bowl victory, two years later a college football playoff appearance. By the way, that's all within the last seven years. Yeah, seems like a lot longer ago. Sure does. It really wasn't. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he took this program to unprecedented heights, um, and you know, for you know, for the most part, I mean, seemed to have done it. You know, I mean, done it pretty clean. This is the only real hint of NCAA violations that uh, that we've heard of um, in relation to Mark D'Antonio. Um, so, you know, look, most MSU fans, I think, are going to be fine with him. I think they're going to be pleased with what he did for the program. Be very appreciative. Um, but to a certain extent, yeah, his reputation's taking a hit. Really, 
um, not just because of this case, but because of the last four years, you know, the program has been in a downswing. He showed some stubbornness in refusing to change his coaching staff, kind of refusing to adapt to the modern game, um, and that hurt him. And then, of course, you know, how, you know, MSU recruited, and, you know, the 2016 class ended up having four kids and ended up allegedly committing sexual assault, uh. and how MSU reacted to those allegations and handled those allegations, I think will also be on his resume. Um, but I think you ask most MSU fans and most MSU fans I've heard from, Mark D'Antonio still has a pretty has cemented a pretty good legacy at MSU, and I don't think for most of them this is going to be that big a deal. Tony Paul from the Detroit News joins us here on The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazaway, Brendan Sennett. How about last question on MSU? Uh, Mel Tucker, what's your take on him and how he left Colorado? And I know he took a lot of money to come here. And What do you take on him? What, what are you hearing about Mel Tucker? Well, I mean, I think it's a it's a fantastic hire for Michigan State given the circumstances. Anytime you lose a coach, you know, I mean, I I don't recall hearing of a football coach, especially of a program that has Michigan State's resume at least over the last decade, um, leaving on the eve of signing day. Yeah. Um, you know, D'Antonio really put him in a tough situation to find the replacement. Um, you know, and they lost their first choice in Luke Fickle. Um, you know, after Fickle basically turned him down, you know, it looked like it was a disaster. Uh, it looked like a, a um, you know a directionless search by MSU, and it looked like you know same old same old from that uh, from that group from that board of trustees. Um, you know before they hired D'Antonio, the coaching searches before then were just laughable, and it seemed like they were going back to that. Uh, but uh, to be able to to pry Mel Tucker away, go circle back to him, offer up the money five and a half million a year, six million dollars for assistant pool. Um, I think it's it's probably as good as you could have done. I mean, when you have the endorsement, the strong endorsement of Nick Saban, who called Michigan State the day that uh, D'Antonio retired and said, "This is the guy you need to look at." Wow. Whenever uh, you know, whenever a guy comes with Nick Saban's endorsement, you listen. And the fact that they were able to get him this time of year, it's a home run for Michigan State. Look, Mel Tucker's going to have to live with uh, how he handled it. You know, putting out the statements. Uh, you know, the statement on Twitter. Uh, I understand why he did that. Look, Michigan State met with him first, but he knew that Luke Fickle was their guy, so he wanted, you know, so he wanted to, you know, kind of bow out gracefully and you know show his commitment to Colorado. That was a win for him. I don't sure. think he expected Luke Fickle to turn it down, um, but he's going to have to live with how he handled it on that front. And you know, meeting with donors on that Tuesday when he was negotiating with Michigan State, I mean, it's not a good look for him. But from Michigan State's perspective. And the program's perspective, I think I think they couldn't have done any better given the circumstances. I think they're going to be in good shape coming up here, but uh, enough of that. I got baseball to talk about with you. And before we get into the Tigers and what they're bringing to the table, we got to I got to get your opinion on the Astros and all these players coming out. You know, Stanton now he says, if I knew what was coming, I would have hit 80 home runs. Aaron Judge says the punishment wasn't enough. Cody Bellinger, you heard him. Justin Turner. Uh, Nick Markakis was unbelievable yesterday. Even LeBron James speaking out yeah, on the Astros. It. I mean, I mean, and what's your take on it, T? What should they have done? Well, uh, I mean, look, I think this is the biggest scandal that baseball has seen since the Black Sox scandal. Honestly, um, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people around the game, a lot of people that used to be in the game. I mean, baseball went through the steroid situation, you know, not that long ago. Um, but even that can't really hold a candle to what the Astros are doing. You ask any pitcher out there, whether they'd rather throw to a guy that's on steroids or throw to a guy who knows what's coming. And it's no question. They'd rather throw to the guy who's on steroids because when you know what's coming, I mean, that you've won the battle. Yeah. I mean, and I've, and I've talked about this. If, if, ever, if a major leaguer knew 
what was coming on every single pitch. And uh, an elite major leaguer, a, a batting champion type guy. I mean, I argue that he could hit 450 anywhere between 450 and 500. I mean, it doesn't matter wow. if the fastball is 100 miles an hour. If they know it's coming at that level, they're going to beat you. And so it's just it's a tremendous scandal. Um, I, I think that the Astros players, I agree that they got off light. But I also would say to anybody who's criticizing that, look, the Major League Baseball Players Union is the strongest union in the country. Right. So if baseball is going to try to get punishment to these players, it's going to be a long, drawn-out battle, and I don't think that's good for the game either. But Tony Clark came out and said, you know, he's the Players Association Executive Director, and he said, look, we're not going to hold it against you. If you're going to go after our players, you go after them, you go after them. They put out a big, a big spiel there today. I read it. Yeah, well, yeah, the Astros better uh, – yeah, the <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I would recommend that the Astros start, um, you know, stocking up on elbow guards and <laughs> and uh, and helmet flaps. The over under in Vegas for guys getting hit is eighty and a half on I'm the going Astros. Over. You're going, I'm going over over all day, every day. I think everyone is. Tony Paul <laughs> joins us from the Detroit News. Brandon, go ahead. So go ahead, Tony. Uh, obviously, you, are you, are you down in Lakeland yet? And uh, what is the <laughs> current temperature? No. <laughs> no, I'm not going to Lakeland this year. I've got other stuff i got to work on, so okay. I'm going to tough it out here in the snow. There you go, with the rest of us. Okay, I'm going so on Friday. I don't feel as bad. Maz, this dog, <laughs> is going on Friday for, for four oh, days. Lucky. So, yeah, he better bring some of it back. But, you know, I know we've joked on this show about, you know, hey, can you name five Tigers? And, you know, obviously I, I, I prepped knowing that, that you were coming in today or coming on today. And, you know, I tell you, they've made some decent under-the-radar kind of pickups with, with Scope and, and Romine. Uh, and, and I guess the the, the goal's got to be, right, that these guys have good years and then they can flip them at the deadline for talent, right? Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, they made a couple of fine moves. I mean, Crone and, and Scope and, uh, are guys that you definitely could see getting value for at the deadline. Um, so, yeah, those were, you know, and Ivan Nova, who knows? Yeah. You know, he might be a guy, too. I mean, if he stays healthy and, you know, pitches halfway decent, he could be another guy. That that you look to flip, uh, but it's still going to be a rotten year. I mean, you're looking at still 90 losses, maybe more, uh, probably more. Um, but I argue that this this could be a very fun season for the fans, particularly in the summer months and down the stretch, when you start to see Casey Mize and Matt Manning yep. and Bo Burrows and Scoogle and Funkhauser and Fiedo. <laughs> I mean, when you start to see these guys, they're going to get their crack. They're going to get their look this year at the major league level, um, and you're finally going to get to see what the Tigers have and the arms department in the minor leagues, I think that's just going to be fun. And if you see significant progress on that front and, and hope, um, I think that the Tigers could very well be in position to start spending again next offseason. And, and I think that this thing could turn around relatively quickly. You know, when you look into next offseason, um, you know, after this year, the only person under contract beyond this year is Miguel Cabrera. Right. So the, the books are much cleaner. You have the money to go spend. And if these pitchers, even in, not all of them are going to pan out, but if a few of them pan out, I think you could see the Tigers uh, start to spend next offseason. This could be the time, this could be the tipping point where things start to change. And you mentioned Miggy. What do your sources tell you? How does Miggy look so far down there in Florida? Well, my sources are my eyes. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> and uh, looks good. Uh, he looks thinner, so that's great. Um, you know, I'm always very hesitant, you know, with the spring training reports. The guy's in great shape. He feels great. He's healthy for the first time in forever how long. You know, look, 
we've heard this before with Mickey. We've heard this before with Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just going to be a matter of seeing him on the field, and we'll see what happens. But, I mean, he looks terrific. I mean, there's no denying that. He's clearly worked out a great deal this, uh, you know, this uh, off season, And, uh, you know, they need him to do something. I mean, he's under contract for a lot, a lot of money for a lot of years still. And uh, so it would be very beneficial for them if he could, you know, hit more than, uh, you know, 10 or 12 home runs. Have you right. heard if him and Austin Romine have, have kissed and made up since their little <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I guess that they've moved on from that. Yeah, I was at that game when that, that fight happened. That Me as well. Great, that was a great brawl. Second row, it was great. Yeah, yeah. It was my, yeah. my boss and I were playing hooky that day. It was, was a good day. We need, yeah, we need more brawls like that in baseball, I think. That oh, was you're going to get them. There was some punches thrown, yeah, other than in Houston. I mean, yeah. Houston's going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody should get Dana White a uh, a box seat down there in, in Houston this year. <laughs> Hey, what's your take on Manfred? I mean, all this bad pub he's getting, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, he comes out and says, hey, if anyone starts throwing at these guys and doing this, how, how the hell do you police that? And what's he, And then he says, who cares? They got a piece of uh, they got. I forgot how we described the president's trophy, the commissioner's trophy. A piece of metal. A piece of metal. And, and he's got yeah. all these guys. He's really not made a lot of friends. How long is he going to last? Well, I said this when he took over. Uh, I, you know, I really did. I, I said that. This guy has the potential to be the worst commissioner in baseball history. I just wow. I, I've never been a fan. Good call. Um, you know, I haven't been a fan from the beginning. I mean, just different things he's done. I don't think he handled this thing at all uh-uh. correctly. Um, the comments he made about the, the trophy were absurd. Uh, but also, you know, this new playoff format that he's pushing, you know, it's intriguing. But to turn in to turn the, the selection process into kind of a reality show yeah. or the highest show. seed gets to pick their opponent or whatever. For the, I mean, he's overthinking this thing. The three batter, you know, minimum for a reliever. Hate that. I mean, this Hate is going to go into effect this year. Yeah. I don't understand. You're changing the game. Like, I mean, if you want to change the game, why don't you, you know, either get rid of the DH or add the DH to both leagues? Like, why don't we start there? Yeah. No, but I mean, he's just changing so many different things. You know, this this automatic strike zone that's going to happen within the next five years with with the computers. I mean, I just. Look, I mean, this game's been around a long time. It's done very well. It's made a lot of fans. I just think he's obsessed with, you know, changing this game, and I, I hate it. He, he's trying to get to that those fringe fans, right? Yeah. Whereas uh, lifers like the three of us, we don't yeah. want this crap to happen. I mean, right? baseball's, baseball's made record revenues the last several years, uh, one after another. I mean, I don't know what you need to change. I understand that you have concerns about the younger generation. I mean, if you have a good baseball team out there, you know, a competitive baseball team, people come. there's a lot of young fans at the ballpark. I've been to the ballpark. There's still a lot of young people that go to games. So I just I, I just think it's a, it's a serious overreach on his part on many different levels, and it's a faction. Well said. There, there's two things, Tony, and that's it. I'll let you go. The DH, you must make it in both leagues. You must. I think no, it's I a agree. great thing. Amen. And then, and then get rid of interleague play or bring it back down just to a couple of weeks a year. It used to no, be fun. And now it's not fun anymore. Well, uh, on the DH, um, I think absolutely should be in both leagues. I'm, I'm tired of seeing pitchers bunt uh, or try to bunt. Um, you know, the only good thing about watching pitchers hit is when an American League pitcher gets a hit. You know, like that's the only exciting thing, and it only happens when there's nobody on base because otherwise it's funny. So you know, look, add the DH to both leagues, you get more hitters out there. The players' union will love it. Do that. And, uh, and what was the other one? Um, I think interleague, interleague play. play. It's just too much. Interleague play, well, that's a problem, obviously, because you have 30 teams, 15 in each league. So you'd have to change that dynamic. You'd have to go 14, 16 in order to get rid of interleague play all the time. 
um, or contract a couple teams, or God forbid, add a couple teams. Oh, um, mine would but, be. Uh, yeah, you know, interleague play used to be so great um, when it was just once once a year, correct? Two times a year, correct? It was, it was great. Um, but I don't need to see the Tigers play the Braves, uh, no. the Padres, or whatever. I mean, Pirates. Tigers should play the Cubs and the Brewers every year. That's it. I mean, I think that's I think that should happen. You know, but yeah, it's it's obnoxious how how much it's gotten to. But again, you know, you got 15 teams in each league, so you got to do something about that first. Well, thanks a lot for coming. My on, little Z. tweak, Tony, before you let go, would be to uh, start the playoff games earlier. That's it. I mean, <laughs> oh, I agree the, with that. The no two question. ideas that you guys how about have. A, how about an occasional? How about a day World Series game on the weekend? That would be that? something. Tony, in '72, I watched the Mets losing Game Seven to the A's on an afternoon game at four o'clock in the afternoon during an NFL season. It gets no purer than that. That is pure. Yeah, baseball I mean, I think you finest. know, look, especially a Saturday. If you have a Saturday World Series game. Put it on during the day. I mean, come on. Yeah, no one wants to stay home on a Saturday night and watch it anyway. We want to go out at Exactly. Night. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Tony. How's the health going, man? Hey, everything's good. I'm, I'm still on this side of the dirt. I love it. So am I. So are we all, buddy. Hey, thanks for coming <laughs> on, man. We'll continue to, to continue to read you in the Detroit News. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, good, man. man. Tony Paul from the Detroit News. Love talking baseball with him. You and me, we're going to talk baseball after this break and more Lions talk. I promise you. But keep it right here on The Wrap. Tom Mazaway, Brendan Sennett in the house on NRM Streamcast. I'm Jimmy King. And I'm Terry Foster. And you are watching NRM Streamcast. Aren't you Drew Sharp? No, he's gone, brother. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Check out the newest member of Jim Reels' family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Start Something New sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $145 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2020 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim. If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. Hey, we're Joe and Sarah. From Pop That Culture. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, it is a show where we talk about uh, pop culture. Only the freshest pop culture. Uh Uh-huh. Really? Well, I mean, it might be a couple days old. I we don't know. Save a couple dollars. Yeah, you can watch mm. us at noon, and then if you watch us at another time, then that's not so fresh. All right, back on the wrap, Tony Paul. Thank you to him for joining us from the Detroit News. Great baseball talk. Great talk about MSU as well. I know you, Brendan Sennett, Tom Asaway in the house. I know we don't, you know, keep everything going on. We don't really know all the MSU ins and out stuff, but he does. It was great to hear him. Rico Beard last week, so it's good to know what's going on. Mark D'Antonio. Might be in a little bit more trouble. MSU might be in a little bit more trouble, but it's nothing, no death penalty stuff here. It's just a bunch of bull, actually. Curtis Blackwell and his lawyers against Michigan State and their lawyers. But I mean, we and this talking. guy Blackwell seems like he's kind of on his high horse now. Well, like you talk about hypocrisy, right? He's trying to make, you know, he's trying to keep his name clean. He's probably trying to make some money. Let's, let's face it, he got he got thrown out of MSU, and it's a workman's man. It's a work work thing. We talked a lot of baseball. We're going to keep that going. I want to give a shout out. To Imlay City's high school boys varsity basketball team, the upset heavily favored Almont last night, 54-51 in the BWAC conference. 
So a big win for those boys up in MLA City. Congrats to them, and uh, shout out to Paul at the Hideaway Lanes, uh, godfather to my daughter Lily. It's like a brother to me. And Beautiful. Go see the Hideaway Lanes up there and uh, way up in the sticks. Up in Almont. Beautiful. Let's say hi to Paulie. What do you got for and me? And I'll say hello to my 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 day job, my crew at, at Malice HR. Where you're a business owner, you need help with your staffing, call Malice HR. My guys Byron, Bronson, the whole crew, we'll take care of you. Awesome, man. And uh, Brendan said it in the house. Clarence Black out on assignment for the Army. Not Semperfy, but hoo He likes to do that. hoo after is, he, that. is he on a, uh, like a cloak and dagger mission in you Chicago? You never know. You never know with him. You don't ask too many questions. Oh, perhaps. yeah, yeah. Got to do his things. But I wanted to bring up the Astros again and the Tigers. Astros, you had Giancarlo Stanton yesterday of the of the, of the uh, Yankees. We all know he hardly played <laughs> since he's become a Yankee. But if he was healthy and if he knew what was coming, he said, in 2017, if he knew what pitch was coming, he said, I would have hit 80-plus home runs. And you heard Tony Paul he thinks guys would hit 450 or 500 if they knew what was coming. That says a ton. And for him to say, compare this to the Black, Scott, Black Sox scandal. It's a big that, deal. That's, and Tony's a baseball guy. So are we. And a lot of our listeners are a baseball purist kind of guy. Although, I'm, although I do like, go ahead, throw your bat, have some fun. I like having fun. I'm coming I'm, I'm around not, on that stuff. I'm not a stiff when it comes to stuff like that. I'm coming around on that stuff. Because you know what? You got, you got to come around. The pitcher wants to scream at you or whatever. I like a good fight here and there. Sure. Sure. Just adds to the game. Aaron Judge says was not a fan of the punishment. Players must be held accountable. Cody Bellinger, uh, it was great stuff from Cody Bellinger. And who Mark-Kakis. goes back after him? Markakis yesterday said they all need a they all need their ass beat. That's what he said. Yeah, they all yeah. need a beating, and he he could give a beating. That guy. That's why I wore my uh, Atlanta Braves today. There you go for Markakis. I wore it for Markakis. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. By the way, I got kind of got a man crush on the guy. That's that. I mean, that's 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 He's a, a, a brass statement to make. I, I respect it. I've always liked the guy as a Yankee fan. He always played yeah. hard and kept his mouth shut. That's what I mean. A guy like that. Yeah. He clean says, cut. He says, "I'm playing. I'm trying my hardest to stay in this game." He's on he, the downside of his career, and he, he knows it. He right? reinvented himself. Yeah, absolutely. He, did. he could have been like an MVP candidate. This kid. He 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 was phenomenal. Right. Comeback player of the year. So so here here is my rant on this on this uh, in regards to this Astros Go thing ahead. and it'll get me really angry. It's all right. But we're every, all angry. Every you heard Tony, every media member that has a Hall of Fame vote and I'm going to come going to say a bad word here, cut the bullshit and let's get after this Astros scandal, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmeiro into the Hall of Fame. Enough is enough. You heard the statement that Tony made. Guys on steroids, you could still get out. Guys on steroids, you could still get hits off of. They made a choice with their career. It's a museum. Put those guys in. Because you know what? You're going to put Justin Verlander in the Hall of Fame in a few years. Jose Altuve, if he continues his career on his path, he's a Hall of Famer. Carlos Correa, very talented player. Enough of the hypocrisy of baseball. Get these guys in the Hall of Fame. If this is indeed the worst scandal, and I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I said I was like, ah, you know, whatever. Don't take away the trophy. Just go out and kick their ass. The more that I'm learning and the deeper it's getting and extended into the playoffs, yes. My, My answer to this is no more vilifying the steroid guys because this is worse. If you knew what was coming, I agree 100%. And you had Aaron Judge get screwed out of an MVP award, like Bellinger said. 
that's it. None of these guys that have a hard on for Bonds and Clemens especially, and you know, Maz, I'm a Clemens guy. I know. I, I, I have refused to set foot in that museum until he gets inducted, and I won't. But enough is enough with this. These guys all have to wake up and get off their high horse. The John Heymans of the world, the, uh, the uh, Bob Nightingales, enough. Vote them in or it's all hypocrisy and, and, and baseball will move down a notch, in my opinion. And for the one that was well said, by the way. Thank you. And for the one uh, Jamoke that did not put in uh, Derek Jeter, show your face as well. Yeah, what a chicken bleep move. I already swore once. That was my one swear yeah. of the show. But yeah, what a gutless move. And then to not come out with you know one of the greatest living baseball players of our time. No matter what you think of New York and the Yankees or whatever, he should have been unanimous. Oh Christ! The guy was on our TV every night. How do you for leave 10 him years. off your ballot? You have a choice of ten. And Unreal. you left him off your ballot? Unreal. Completely gutless move. He has absolutely no right, no right to vote again by leaving that guy off the ballot. Correct. Tom Hesaway and uh, Brendan Sennett in the house here on The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. Uh, let's talk a little NFL. That's our right in our wheelhouse. Mel Kuyper came out with his mock draft, uh, and he's got Tua, Tagliavoa, going number three to the Detroit Lions. And we've talked about this a million times. Clarence says, you got to take him. Our boy Freddie, the pizza man, you got to take him. Lots of people out there, you got to take him. He's a changing, he's a talent that you only get once in a blue moon. You got to take him. I know you have Matthew Stafford. You have him under contract. There's nothing wrong with drafting Tua and letting him ride at coattails, just like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. They rode the coattails of Brett Favre and Alex Smith, per se, in Kansas City. And learned and came out and were studs when Steve they Young, for crying out loud, had to sit, you know, when he got to for, for, uh, San Francisco, he had to sit behind Joe Montana. I know he had a stint in Tampa Bay and, of course, with the L.A. Express prior to that. And he's, in a, he's a stud talent on his own. But he had, even he had to sit. And, but I understand the Lions need everybody. They need a ton of, they need a ton of stuff. But, but you adding, have to draft your future quarterback. When's the next time you're going to draft third? Who knows? It might be the, the, next, the year. next year. It might be next year. We <laughs> don't know. Trade, Slay. We don't yeah. know. But do you take two? I'm asking you. Do you take him at three? Do so, you take? What if Joe Burrow says I refuse to go to Cincinnati? You don't even know what the heck's going to happen. That, that's right now. again adding to that that this incredibly intriguing offseason. That article you sent us last night about Burrow potentially pulling an Elway or an Eli. And then, so do they take Tua? I mean, who? I mean, it, literally starting at the combine till the end of the draft is going to be, and through free agency, it's going to be incredible. <laughs> it is. I mean, even even uh, an under the radar huge signing, Greg Olson yesterday to your Seahawks to the Seahawks. I How mean, that, that is a great move. I thought he was going to stay in the box at Fox and you know and do his stuff with Kevin Burkhardt. They're great together on the XFL, by the way. I'm enjoying listening to him, but he's definitely going to be in in the in the in the booth soon. I mean, I argue, I argue, I mean, you know, it's, I know it's a month later, but if, if Seattle goes into Green Bay, the same team with, with Olsen, they probably beat the Packers yeah. that game. They're gonna, I mean, I love them. That's already. a great pickup. I think, I'm already picking them as, as winning the NFC. I am picking them to win the NFC. Right I mean, now, right today. Jimmy G got exposed in that Super Bowl, you know, and they don't know what they're going to do with him. Who knows? They could let him go. I mean, again, I, I, I have never in, in my 40 years, let's just say 35, I've known what's going on in sports. 
I have never seen an NFL offseason like this one is going to be in my entire yep. life. And to keep it more local, Darius Slay is officially on the trade block, regardless of what anyone says. And uh, as Bernie Smilovich said last week, he says his people inside the Lions organization said they're up for trading Matthew Stafford. Of course, Bob Quinn said, nope, that's not happening. Bernie backed down. Bernie doubled down and said, no, this is what I hear, and I'm sticking with my story. So the Lions are just trading talent away. I I don't understand the whole Slay thing. Do they actually think he is not going to be worth the money? Then you keep him and you, you franchise him. If you have to win now, quote-unquote, and you don't want to trade him, you keep him anyway. You as keep long him. as you can. As long as you can. Maybe trade him at the deadline here if you're not doing so well or whatever. But to trade him in the offseason, unless you get like a number one pick for him, and I don't think you're going to get a number no, one pick you're not for getting him. a number one for him. I mean, as I said earlier, the move is you, you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. I know Patricia obviously likes his cake, but you know, hey, watch you, that. If you're gonna if you're gonna trade guys, you got to trade them all. You got to trade Galladay. You got to trade Marvin Jones. You, just, you blow it, blow the whole thing up. Stop, stop pulling our chains. Come out in front of the fans and say we are blowing this thing up. We're gonna draft our quarterback, and and I think people would actually respect that. Instead of I'm I'm gonna trade this guy because he doesn't fit our philosophy. Oh. He's he's more of a, a a zone corner, so we're gonna move him. But then we're gonna keep this guy. No, get rid of Galladay. Anyone that has value should be traded between now and the draft, and blow this thing up. Well, Galladay's a young man still, man. I think I think what that's you could a get kid. For him I think is, that's a kid you keep. I mean, he's just that. That's a find. That that's the one thing I think this regime got, gave us was him. That's it. I, just knowing my history with NFL receivers, he's not going to be happy getting the crap beat out of him for a crappy team. I mean, you know, he might not be a diva. I don't know the guy well enough. But I'm saying the the wide receiver DNA is always, if he's going to be unhappy, you might as well move him now and get draft picks and start over. They got you Jared, could get a one for him. They got Jared Davis. Uh, do they pick up his fifth-year option? They have to address the defensive line. Darius Slay we talked about. Do they trade down, take the third pick? Swap it, get some extra picks. They'd get a lot of them. Then there's Taylor Decker. Do you extend him? What do you do with him? So there's a lot lot of questions in uh, Lions land, and I guess we'll start to find out sooner or later. But Peter King put out his predictions. Peter King, uh, formerly of Sports Illustrated, now just of NBC. He says Tom Brady, although he doesn't guarantee it, will probably stay in New England. He might go to the Chargers, maybe a long shot, the Raiders. That's your guy. Brady's your guy. What's your take right now on February 19th? So, again, this one week ago, so after we had Tommy Curran on last week, I, I was 60-40 he was leaving. I flipped that in the last <laughs> week. I'm 60-40 that he's staying. And I think, one, as I used that term breadcrumbs earlier, um, there's rumors that Stephon Diggs might be on the move. Yeah, he's a, he's a, erased all of his uh, Minnesota Viking Instagram if, stuff. If Bill Belichick <laughs> acqui- if Bill Belichick acquires Stephon Diggs before free agency begins, then you could bet your bottom dollar yeah. that Brady's coming back. No so doubt about it. you think Diggs is to the Pats? Dig, Diggs to the Pats. I mean, why not? I mean, what what says we want make, you, Tom? That would, make, a, that would a, make me sick to my stomach. Than a true number one receiver. Then all of a sudden your receiving core goes from mediocre to one of the best in the league. Diggs, Edelman, Sanu, and, you know, one of the kids. I, I bet you they'll bring back, uh, what's his name for the Lions? Oh, uh, Golden Tate? No. The place for the Lions now. Yeah. Oh, Amendola. Amendola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in, the, he's in the Brady uh, yeah. circle of trust. Yeah. I bet you they bring him back. It's really weird. And then the thing with, you know, with, uh, with uh, you know, 
Ben Affleck was on ESPN yesterday yeah. that that there was a group chat and Brady gave the emoji when when they asked him where he was going. I, I don't know. It just it just doesn't work. He, he's su- he's such a perfectionist, and 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 he wants to win. It, 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 but don't you think it, he wants to stick it too as well as, as that? I mean, maybe I, he doesn't feel I, he's got the respect he deserves. Like I said, I know. Although that's, everyone that's kisses his, his ass, beef. if he has, I don't I don't understand what his problem is. Exactly, but I mean, as we all say it. The AFC East blows, and that gives him, I mean, it, it, with Tom Brady a quarterback, even as their current roster is constructed with their defense, they will still win the AFC East and get to a divisional playoff Well, game. the Bills are starting to come on. But the I just Jets, don't trust Josh Allen. They're trying. Gase is a boob, so he they don't scare me. And, and yes, Fitzmagic kind of ruined their season with that last game at the end, which made you very happy. Very. I, your, your, your text was obnoxious that you sent me that day. So. That broke you. That, that made you quit Twitter. I think I think my my text to you might have made it might have I was I was pretty angry that day yeah I put all my my family was making fun of me I put all my gear away for the for the for the season here's a guy folks that eliminated his Twitter account because he did not want to get abused by me and other Patriot haters and that that's a this guy's a fan man I, I I'll give you that a fandom I'll give you that fandom Bostonian Irish temper. Yeah, uh, it's not a good mix. You do have a temper. It, it, it's 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 bad for my blood pressure. So it, it was good that I, I stepped away. I was like an addict. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to hear it anymore. But but I, but I'm, I'm back now. You know, I, I quit cold turkey for a good six weeks. And what's, I, your, what's your new uh, Twitter handle? You know, I couldn't tell you. It's pretty. It's pretty long. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get. We'll it's some get, combination of my kid's name why and, could, and why an NRM. Just, why couldn't you just make it easy? Because I don't like easy. Okay. You know me. Yeah, I do. That's for sure. Uh, other stuff that uh, Peter King is predicting. Drew Brees will return to New Orleans. Well, yeah, he did. <laughs> he made it official yesterday. Teddy Bridgewater. He thinks the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be a stop for him. That'd be solid. I mean, he, the Buccaneers have weapons. Their defense is underrated. They're in I don't that, think they have a running game. They're though. in that division. That running game is suspect. Although if they, they might have a rookie on that team that might be Ready to pop out? I'm, I'm not positive, and, but Peyton Barber and those and those clowns that they didn't get it done over the past few years. And Arians is the guru. He is, you know, as long as he stays healthy. Him and his Kangles, and his and his and his sexy specs. Here's the one that gets me, and I love this move: Philip Rivers to the Colts. I love that move. That's a solid move, but is he really an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett? Yes, at this point? he's twice what so? Jacoby Brissett is. Yeah. Twice. At this age, twice, yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely intriguing, and and speaking of the Colts, you, you know, even with me, it always goes back to the Patriots. You know, Eric Ebron might end up on the Patriots and have a great year. That's what you're hearing. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Wherever he goes, I hope. Uh, never mind. Yeah, go ahead. No, I don't want. It. If he goes to the Patriots, that's a perfect spot for him to go in my book. Then I could just uh, you know despise just, him. To just the continue, core. just continue to hate that team. That's there a guy that just fine. doesn't just doesn't do it for me. Ryan Tannehill, he thinks he'll return to Tennessee. I think why the hell should Tennessee let him go? That's fair. And I think you keep Mariota as much as you can. Use him as a use him as a backup, or Mariota might go somewhere else. And and you know, the Raiders have been talked about. The, see, I don't think I don't think there's a chance in hell Brady goes to L.A. There, there's, there's too much. There's a little smoke with fire with Tennessee with him going there. I mean, him and Vrabel are buddies. Brady checks on his kid at Boston College. Really? Yeah. He, he, Titans? him and Vrabel are, him and Vrabel are tight. 
and they have weapons there. So, I mean, that's they another do. one. And that's that defense. Of, that's a heck of a and team. They have, and as Clarence said, they have the best offensive line in football. That's a so hell of a, a team. If there's a dark horse, I mean, like I said, I think he's staying at 60-40 now, but if he goes somewhere else, I would put my money on Tennessee because of the closeness with Vrabel and, and, and the pieces that they have in place. I'll tell you, man. Whose division are they in? What I, The South? They're with the Colts and uh... – uh, Jacksonville was not going anywhere, right. and there's so one why, other team in there. See, and I think Peter wrote this. It would be foolish for Brady to go to the Raiders because then he has to play Mahomes and the Chiefs twice a year. And Denver, which is a tough place to play no matter how good or bad they are. So what? You know, I just think that that, that would be foolish for him to go to the AFC West. If he goes to the Raiders, it could all come full circle because the Raiders really kick-started his career. Oh, with the with the uh, the tuck rule, the tuck rule. All right, yeah, that'd be interesting. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, that was the blossoming of Tom Brady. The tuck rule, right, made Tom Brady into what he is today. It's true. They won their first Super Bowl. The rest speaks for itself. the The other goofy why not con- go to the Raiders? The other goofy conspiracy theory I'm hearing is is that uh, you the the Forty ers get rid uh. get rid of Jimmy G. And then you bring Brady home to San Francisco. How do you get rid of Jimmy G? I mean, they had there's there's some like out clause at this point before the new league year where they could the cap hit wouldn't be huge if they cut him. And then how funny would it be if they cut him? You know, Belichick would instantly pounce on Garoppolo to get him back because he didn't want to trade him in the friggin' first place. It'd what, be wild. Why not just trade him to the Pats? That could happen too. Get I mean, number one. again, what they what they give up for him? A two. Yeah. Trade him back to Belichick for a one. For a one. He'd probably if, do it. Whatever that pick is this year, 26, yeah. he'd probably take the 26 pick for Garoppolo. All right, then who's backing up Brady? When Brady's done in San Francisco, they already have their, their guy. I mean, that's a long shot, man. I mean, it's – That's a long shot. It, it, it's like one of those uh, – like like always sunny in Philadelphia with Charlie, <laughs> like, or, uh, you know, a board drawing hey. all those, you know, yarn. All this, all the scenarios that could happen are nuts. Like Cam said, Newton. Could return to the Chargers, to the Panthers, but more likely maybe go to the Chargers. See, Cam I think that's Newton. where he goes. That was, I, I mentioned that last week. I think Cam to the Chargers makes a lot of sense. He's an L.A. guy. He can go out there and kick it with LeBron, you know, and, and, and it'd be a good fit for him marketing-wise, you know, sell a good a good, a good uh, marketing guy for, okay. the, for the fans, season ticket holders. I'll give you a name that might be a possible Patriot, Andy Dalton. Oh God, he. So I went to the Patriots Bengals game. If Brady leaves in Cincinnati, he is to use your phrase. He is garbage. He, <laughs> that was his first game back, if I'm not mistaken. He was injured. He might have played the week before, but anyway. he he's not good. He's not good. I would rather them go with the kid. He was like, with, like he was with said the Bengals. Last week. He was with the Bengals. Why not let the kid sit behind him? Well, the kid sat behind Brady, I guess. He's, he's probably Stidham. not ready. Jared, Jared Stidham. Stidham is not ready, but no, I, I do not want Andy Dalton. If if you get Andy Dalton, then you're essentially then then you are tanking to try to get the kid from Clemson. <laughs> yeah, sure. You can't be that bad. Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick in the draft, more than likely, unless the Bengals pull a Bengals. But there's word out there that he has been getting some. What's the word I'm looking Advice. for? Advice. Advice. Counseling. He's gotten some counseling. To turn down the Bengals, a la Eli Manning and a la John Elway, who was the first guy to do it, those guys pretty much landed on their feet. 
If you remember, folks, Colts drafted, Colts drafted Elway. He said, I'm not going. I'll go play with the Yankees. And then came Eli. Chargers, they said, don't take us. Chargers took him. They had to swap him over to the Giants for Phil Rivers. And then Ben Roethlisberger fell into the Steelers' lap. I mean, that that whole that whole draft was amazing. Who did the Colts take? Schleister instead of Elway? Who did they end up taking that year? No, they got they took Elway. Oh, and then traded him. Yeah, they traded him. They got a bunch of picks for him and okay. players. Obviously, it didn't work out for them. Sure. I think Ron Meyer was their head coach at the time. And then there's really? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, that's a mess right now in Dallas. Do you, what are you doing with Dak Prescott? There was a rumor three weeks ago that Brady to the Patri- Brady to the Cowboys, I mean, Colin Cowherd was going on it about it. He was like, wow, that's perfect for Brady. If you really want to get perfection, it would be the Dallas Cowboys. You got the running game and the offensive line, but, but Cooper's a free agent too. You got to pay him. Well, you sign him. Brady won't sign for hardly anything to go to the Cowboys. He don't need the money. Yeah, it's not about the money. It's about the it's about the situation, which is why I think the Raiders is the big reach. I mean, the Raiders' defense couldn't cover us. You know, I don't know about that. It, it uh, so yeah, it's it, it's going to be wild. Um, I mean, like I said, we're we're going to start getting clues here. When is the combine? I'd like to look that. I think up. it's next week. You know, that's when. In that's when. You know, you're not allowed to tamper, but right. everyone knows you tamper during the combine. Like, oh hey, you run into the men's room with a guy's agent. Oh hey man, what's uh. Let's talk about so-and-so. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, good talk. (laughs) Hey, my final four in the NFL already in February. Titans, Chiefs, Seahawks, 49ers. That's my final four right now, today, if you held a gun to my head. What is it again? Titans and the Chiefs. Seahawks and the 49ers. I'll agree with all of that, but if Brady stays, you take out the Titans, you put the Pats in there. No, Titans got their number, man, even if he comes back. Oh, you're insane. I'm telling you. Hey guys, we'll thanks. be betting a dinner on that game if All Brady right. comes back and they and they match up again. Fair enough. Thanks to everybody here at NRM. Angel, Stephen, thank you, Kelsey, Cole. If you're in the house, Brendan, thanks for sitting in for Clarence today. Loved it. We love it, man. Uh, Tom Mazaway on the wrap. Clarence Black and Darren McCarty join us here on Friday. Don't forget, uh, it's King and Foster coming up tomorrow. They'll be doing some fun stuff as well. And uh, yeah, it's spring training time. The sun's out. It's 27 degrees. It's my wife's in Florida. She said it's 80 degrees already. You have a safe trip down there, you Thanks, dog. Kid. Take some good pictures. Bring some back. All right. Will do. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk again. Tom Asaway on the wrap here on NRM Streamcast.